Welcome or welcome back to Backstage at the Customer Experience. I'm your host, Kathleen Peterson, Founder and Chief Vision Officer of Powerhouse Consulting. I've spent over 30 years in the contact center industry, and I've had the good fortune to work with some of the top customer-focused companies across multiple industries. I speak about everything very candidly, particularly as it relates to delivering on the promises of the customer experience. From the C-level to the cube level, I've explored what it takes to deliver a five-star experience. This podcast is designed to share those experiences and insights and have some fun along the way. Today, we're continuing our series on Goodbye 2020 Lessons Learned. Every time we say that, we smile, don't we? It's like, yeah, bye. I hate you. Um, I'm joined (laughs) by senior powerhouse consultant, Dennis Hauser. And today, we're going to talk about the lessons learned in 2020 about training and onboarding new staff. Because I think training certainly has a place in new hire, but it has an incredible role in existing uh, resources, which have been somewhat shortchanged in this nightmare. Because as you said before we began, that uh, a lot of people just don't know how to do this. This is, you know, how do we, we talked in our last session about hiring. So we're hiring, we're recruiting, we're using various tools and techniques to make up for the fact we can't be face-to-face. So now we've hired the people in this pandemic environment and, and now we have to train them. And I think it's interesting now, I know a lot of companies who are still running premise-based operations. So there are certainly those folks. They are struggling with a little bit of a different challenge, and that is I can only train six people maybe with masking and social distancing and all that is required with that. So even some of those folks who are premise-based are toying with uh, some of that training being remote. It's almost, um, I've seen models that almost look like the schools today. Like you're going to be in the building on Monday and Wednesday, Tuesday and Thursday, you'll be um, remote. And then, you know, Friday, we'll all be remote or so, whatever those models are. And, and we have to be prepared for everything because uh, last week it could be uh, you can be in the building, um, you know, on a one to five ratio and uh, next week you can't be in the building at all. And I think that's been the um, ongoing challenge, honestly, because there are, you know, some serious uh, obstacles there. So I, I think our focus is really going to be on the remote workforce today. Um because the conversion alone of curriculum, well, let's let's back up a minute. That would assume you have a curriculum because <laughs> far too many, and I say this, you know, with all due respect, far too many contact centers found themselves kind of with their pants down when it comes to training because the old shoulder to shoulder on the job just can't be replicated in the current, uh, you know, conditions that we're in. Uh, A lot of on-site training is dependent upon the systems that, you know, here's here's a training tip. If you're going to buy a new system, make sure it has some sort of sandbox or 
I like to call it a playpen. I know sandbacks the IT world, but I like the term playpen better. Uh, that you can that you can use from a training perspective so that there is a sandbox. We can load it with fake customers. We can cleanse it every night. Uh, and so few people have that as part of their requirements when they're acquiring applications. And it's, it's an, a fantastic example of the you know, I keep using the word neglect, and it's benign neglect, but it's it's just that they don't know. I don't even think it can categorize it as neglect, because if no one makes it important, then why would IT think of it? You know, they might have their own little application sandbox, you know, good enough for them, but not for the contact center. Uh, you know, so I think that's one of the things that in a remote environment is going to become an increasingly important uh, asset because we're having to push this stuff out to who knows where. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's going to be a, yet another place for gamification to come into play because, um, you know, having you uh, navigate a customer problem in kind of a, a game setting um, means that you'll do it over and over and get better at it and, and that sort of thing. But just having a, a, a notebook or a set of do this and do that. And, and of course, you know, so many call centers are, are, are dependent, have been dependent upon the initial training. The HR training is done in a classroom and then the, uh, the job training is shadowing or, right, yeah. um, you know, side by side or nesting, uh, you know, and that sort of thing. And that's just not available to you in a remote environment. Well, and it, it's, it's a very, and, and this is true not only of the side by side, but it's task driven. A lot of people have very task driven models for quote-unquote training people. So they're going to train you how you, what you put in that field, you know, what you put in the next field, and as opposed to what's the big picture that we're trying to tack into or, or tie into here. Um, you know, I find that that side-by-side, -side, oftentimes people don't even have checklists for it. Uh, you know, it's just, or you go sit with a mentor, you know, whatever kind of call, they call them mentors like it's, you know, meaningful. Um, a non-trained mentor, a not compensated mentor, just a human who knows more than you. Um, and, you know, don't get me wrong, I think real mentors are a real asset. But when you just pluck anybody and say, oh, today you're a mentor, and that was happening on the premise. Uh, right. You know, so now we say it was this moment of how do we transform all the programs into remote platforms? Well, re and, and think about how random the training is when you're doing side-by-side -side training because your lesson plan is whatever phone call comes in. That's the only part of the lesson plan <laughs> because you can't even really, you know, it, it's really a very... Um, it's a very lengthy, unregulated process. Uh, the consequences, again, you know, here's another thing that we realized as a result of this. We may be short on curriculum, short on 
uh, on on checklists, but we're also you know short on documentation and job aids and up to date materials that will help guide us through this process. And for many people, this was not just how do we make this you know experience remote they had to then write the the program out in a more convincing manner that this could actually maybe be accomplished then before i you know go off they realized that you know they 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 don't even have laptops with cameras so, you know so trying to communicate this with a conference call and a WebEx is just, it's, it's painful. You know, it's, it's painful, but it's, it's a wonderful opportunity for us to correct some uh, over-engineering of bad processes. Um, a lot of call centers still depend upon the three-ring binder of information sitting at the agent desktop. And then to over-engineer that, when when uh, enlightened management realizes that those binders get out of sync because everybody's you know putting them together their way when they get that i was actually in a call center about a year ago and they had one person every morning that went to everybody's binder to update it so think about that Oh, I, I don't have to. It's, <laughs> I've been there. I mean, that's not the only call center do, using that model. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so are we going to have people driving from house to house to house, uh, you know, changing the paper? Not, 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 I'm here with your updates. I mean, uh, yeah. And donuts. <laughs> that's the whole lunacy of it is that um, the, the, the ability to uh I, it's hard to even articulate how many obstacles were identified through this process because i think that's really what the lesson is the lesson is that we're learning we maybe need to be a little more and i think here's the word again we need to be more disciplined about what do our what do our agents need to know what are the and this is our you know our fearless leader of training who will be having on this show in a few weeks the you know what do they need to know what do they need to do and how do they need to feel about it and the ability to craft documentation and and, and training is not something everybody's born with a lot of people and we've all seen it you know they build powerpoint slides with enough information to climb mount everest uh, you know, over overdosing people with information particulars as opposed to conceptualizing what we need to have happen and what are the tools that you're going to use to go through that process. Um, I think a lot of I actually think a lot of people did pretty magnificent work in a short period of time because we certainly have seen a whole lot of people get trained um, in this in this period of time and I think we also saw those gaps and you know I think the fact that you brought up gamification, 
is one is is probably one of my most um, compelling uh, investments. I think now from a technology perspective, because it's architected. We just had a demo from Noble uh, Noble Systems that really reminded me how powerful these tools can actually be. Uh, we had a client who said that you know they're remote. What we asked, what did it? What did you miss most about going remote? And you know, one of the agents said, "Well, you know, in the in the contact center, we had a wheel, like a wheel of fortune, and you could just spin it, and you'd get a prize for almost anything. Anybody could. You could pretty much propose any kind of award." Uh, and she said, "Now we don't have any of that. So the ability to." engage with people in a gamification model um, I think really addresses that you know it's like it, it's like it gets into your body you know it gets into your mind it doesn't just not just a you know uh, step one step two step three it's really what am I trying to accomplish for this for this caller, what's the pathway to get there? You know, whether it's it's the tools of gamification or the um, guided conversation tool of a, a Panviva type of product, uh, the training, education, and development of our of our of our teams has changed uh, dramatically. The um, uh, I was. We have to remember that the this. The generation coming into the call centers now is, as agents and then as supervisors and then management, they are the folks that as parents, so just not that many years ago, I would sit in my home office, uh, you know, in Chicago, while I could hear in the background my sons playing video game after video game, and even if they were in the room alone, I could hear them talking to people. You know, Call of Duty, move, 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 go, 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 right, round right, right. You know, and I'm like, who I'm like, are you what are you guys to? doing down there? And I and I would go in there and watch with fascination as they had the headset on, and it was a squad of the bros uh, taking out a sniper's nest inside of a building, and so they're used to that virtual team, that virtual uh, moving. Uh, um, you know, a goal forward. And if you can just, you know, translate that into the call center where the supervisor is the sergeant and then, you know, I don't well, let's the not path. go. Wait, 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 <laughs> I don't want to go all the way. I'm that one back in now. No, okay. but, but I think that that's the, that, I think the, the, the bottom line is the workforce itself. I think struggles mightily with looking around uh, some contact center environments like, um, I can't believe you're doing things this way. Uh, there are there are so many technologies that prove that this isn't the necessarily best way to do this. Uh, I've actually found it really interesting. I actually think the front line and the, and the, the younger folks are the, first place you should start at you know with uh with crafting something for remote learners i'm stunned sometimes by the lack of interaction 
developers or training developers have with the frontline people who are already experienced. Now, if you went to the frontline people and said, tell me the five things you really need to know about to do this job, you'd have your outline for your curriculum already done. But somehow they pine away in their offices trying to, you know, trying to say, well, here's the system and then here's the etiquette. And it's just, it's just, it's gotta be, it, it, we need to get people in training who have actually got some sort of education in training so that they know something or that the number of people who have never been sent to a class, never got any kind of certification, they just became trainers because they were good at telling other people how to do stuff. and. They have the inherent skill, but again, we see an organizational budget problem in the fact that they're not funding the kind of talent that is necessary to produce a remote curriculum, you know, a oh, remote it, it, learning it's, it's, curriculum. It's absolutely cliche that the first thing that gets cut in a downturn in your uh, local economy is training and you never get to the place where you're overly investing in the tools that a trainer needs right to accomplish their mission right and they and 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 then the the second thing is staffing you know so that you've got you you you've got no ongoing training and you've got a workforce that's over you know that's overutilized it's a great model very common um <laughs> But again, I think that you're exactly right. The investment in training tools, I think it's one of the big benefits that comes from having someone in a quote-unquote real training manager position who actually knows something about training because they're more likely able to make a case for a tool where I think some folks who are just advanced into that thing, they think asking for tools makes them look bad you know it's like this is you know i i have status anxiety uh you know if you're if 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 i if i if i show you that i might not know it maybe you'll take it away from me as opposed to the person who already knows these things they know i need these tools you know to make this thing happen and i can make a case for it so i think we have to have trainers who have been educated send them to a seminar i mean this let them go to an online couple of online learning courses they'll get some you know, it's interesting to me. I think skill development can be much faster than people give it credit for. And Dr. Google or Professor Google knows a lot of stuff. You know, all you have to do is ask it. And the next thing you know, it's taking you to all kinds of 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 material. But again, again, I guess that assumes that people have time to search and look and read. So the, there's this, there's this almost cyclone of and and you're talking about the before times because in the now times not only do we not have you know the time or the inclin our motivation is sapped we just um are we're putting one foot in front of another and can't get out of the ditch and that's that's where as you had mentioned in a previous podcast that leadership comes to bear it's the leadership that, uh, you know, 
puts the hand down into the ditch and hauls you out with right. the support you need to get out of that ditch, whatever role that you're in. So, so that's critical and especially critical in the training sense because, you know, that's that's going to set. Um, you know, all of those interactions are either going to be awesome or not so awesome. Well, you know, and I think that. Uh, yeah, that's the other thing is, you know, everybody wants this best in class performance. And again, we go back to a repeated theme in this business, which is we've automated the high frequency, high, low, you know, low complexity context. That's fantastic. Websites, portals, mobile interfaces and we've got the we've got the market cornered on taking care of simple things again leaving the humans for things that are more complicated that often require critical critical thinking skills not just navigating to where i find the answer so right. as we accept that reality we need to look at it what is that what surrounds that reality well learning surrounds that reality there's a constant need to be educating through whatever means necessary but that whole you know we've got virtual hiring we've got virtual onboarding like you said hr always has the you know welcome to the um company here's how you have to behave and do all these kinds of things and that is done almost you know, very often it's done remotely, even if you're an on-premise operation because you've got some video or, you know, something that's just, uh, you know, uh, telling you a funny story um, that uh, one of our team members um, experienced when she first went into training. She said she had gotten a job at a really good company and uh, when she was being onboarded, the HR discussion sounded more like she was on probation or parole or something that you know she said they weren't making it sound interesting or exciting or anything she says i'm sitting here as a 24 or 25 year old thinking i got the best job in the world this is fantastic and they're like wah, wah, wah. <laughs> which is what made her think this could be so much better i'm gonna tr i'm gonna do this this is something that i could do and that's you know that's the heart of a trainer uh, well, and you, and you were talking about how you know, over time we keep we keep automating out the easy stuff and and making the hard stuff be a larger portion of your day. Even if you can train the transactional piece of that, uh, many times we don't have the time, energy, money, or tools to go back and train on the empowerment part of that, so that um, you know that that people don't just push the right buttons and say the right things, but they get the, the interaction completed to full satisfaction. And then, of course, turn around to the organization and say, you know, you could stop this if you only did X. You know, that it all sounds so simple when you put it that way, but really that strangely isn't always, you know, the way that it happens. Our, our training team sometimes struggles with teaching critical thinking and again our population that we're bringing in has interaction experiences that are not necessarily using words i mean they're it's well they're words but they're text words with no vowels um, or <laughs> acronyms for things that other people don't even understand you can't lol uh, in an organization you know it's you have to um 
you know, you have to be able to speak that and you need to be able to navigate systems. So the whole, the whole training experience is being exported to the cloud or wherever, whatever you want to call it. Um, and uh, I, I think we're, we, we struggled mightily in the investment department. Again, I think it's, you know, leaders struggle with getting people to invest in the first thing we're going to cut when things go, go poorly. Yeah, uh, and, 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 we, and here in, in, in COVID-landia, um, all of this, all of these past issues that we've been talking about, they have to be redesigned from the ground up. This is, this is, new, this is new territory, and um, we have to get out of the mindset that when things get back to normal, they're not. No. You have to, uh, and it's healthier to look forward in how we're going to uh, accomplish our mission given these constraints. And how many things have really been accomplished? I think people should be giving themselves a bit of a pat on the back from time to time. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, And in spite of the pain associated with some of the training situations, they are very visible as a deficiency at this point. So I think... There's a lot of opportunity here that can be facilitated with some good investments in technology. But if we don't have the curriculum development, if we don't have the uh, organizational architecture to be able to deploy these um, modules, if you will, if we don't have the bandwidth to handle both our new hire uh, onboarding as well as the tending and care to our, you know, established workforce. Uh, if we are struggling with the manual that has to be updated, you know, by a human with, uh, you know, I can remember being contact centers where you'd walk in and you'd see like red pieces of paper on the chairs. Like that meant this is the memo you really have to read. You know? <laughs> over the pink one and over the green one. Right, and exactly. And we're not going to email it to you because we know we never give you enough time to, um, you know, you know, to, to, to do that. So I think we need to tighten up our approach and again this biggest lesson is organizations really are learning they have to make investments in the organizational capital as well as in the technology but you know you can't buy the technology first that's another you know, that's a problem we see all the time is you know well that we can fix this big awful problem with technology and that just proves to be um, dealing with the symptom and not the actual cause. Exactly. Well, all right. I guess we've come to the close of our discussion on uh, training for this this whole, I was almost going to say new normal, but it's not really a new normal. It's, it's the new reality. It's the new, it, it, it is the new reality. And our... Uh, We'll be back with another episode, and we're going to talk about knowledge base in our next uh, gathering. For now, if you have questions, comments, thoughts, or concerns, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at info at powerhouse1.com. That's the digit one. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and be well.